Welcome to Level Up with Sherelle and Danny. We're here to help you take your health, fitness, and mindset to the next level. It's time to level up. Hello and welcome to today's episode of Level Up with Sherelle and Danny. Today we are talking about the weekend that was the WBFF Gold Coast Show. We're back. We're back. What a crazy weekend. Ooh. And look, the show was in awesome, but the whole week in general was just such a vibe. And we have so many awesome things to reflect on because it's just so good to get back into, I guess, reality and mm. you know, meet everyone. And I guess, especially those in Victoria, like, I feel like we haven't had a lot of opportunities to go out to big events like that and actually mingle. Yeah, I swear that was the most people we've been in a room with for a very, very, very long time. And just to make a whole holiday out of it is the best bit. I mean, you were up Tuesday to Tuesday, weren't you? Mm, Yeah, whole week. Yeah, and then I went up sort of Friday till Monday. And the Gold Coast is one of my favourite places for a holiday. It's just so relaxing. You know, we ended up getting sunshine for a few days everyone's just so like out and about and and it's just really freeing being there so I just love it yeah for sure when I was up there I was like you know it feels like Bali that's what I felt like I was like Queensland feels like Bali it just had such like a cool vibe and yeah Luke and myself and some of the other coaches from our women's health movement team we decided to go down for a good week and make a big weekend out of it and have a lot of our community to come down and also spend some time with us so I think whenever like we go away for these sort of events I love making like a holiday out of it and Mm. Like I know we we laugh about the laptop lifestyle, but there is so many <laughs> benefits to working for yourself and like working online. And it's so nice to be able to use that to our benefit. Like yeah. it, I have so much resistance. I don't know about you, Danny, but I have so much resistance actually taking my laptop and working somewhere else. Like I really like my office. I love my desktop. I love my desk. I love being in the zone, but it was even out of my comfort zone to like take the laptop away and stay in there, and rely mm. on someone else's Wi-Fi. It was, it was good. Yeah, I mean, I suppose that's what makes it interesting. We kind of get shaken up a little bit or our routine does. Um, So we still have to do the work, so to speak, but in a whole new environment as well. But that's unlike what we spoke about on um, last week's episode. It's just nice to be able to be present in a new area and have new experiences again, rather than sort of that Groundhog Day um, mentality. But my cup feels so full after that weekend. It's just so energizing being around people and connecting and screaming and having fun and you know I knew you were walking around the corner I could hear you first before I was <laughs> like ah oh. and of course we got to catch up for the first I know yeah and have a proper hug it was oh, so good I know I can't believe it's actually been 12 months since I've seen you in person because yeah, Zoom is so good right like it feels like I'm here with you right now but obviously yeah. we're not so to see Danny in the flesh, <laughs> so good. But also just wanted to shed some appreciation um, and gratitude for everyone that come up and said hi to us. Like yeah. I was quite overwhelmed at Rego Night and even on the show day, I was like, ah, so many people <laughs> listen to us. You guys are listening. Um, I know that might sound funny, but 
Yeah, we don't really like get too caught up in any stats or whatever. Mm. Podcasting is quite different to other social medias. Mm. Uh, so it was so cool to be able to hear from so many of you girls um, and guys, I guess, but just not at the show, um, <laughs> of, I guess, how much the podcast has been helpful. I was actually out for a walk and um, I cr- walked past someone and they're like, oh, I'm listening to you. And I was like, Are you serious? <laughs> it's such a surreal experience. So thank you again for everyone that did come up and, you know, share, I guess, what they've taken away from the podcast and how it's helped them and, you know, different takeaways from things that Danny and myself have shared. It really does light the fire and make us even more excited to put out more podcast content. And that's what it's about. And Terrell and I were sort of doing a pre-episode reflection. And we're just so grateful that when when people come up to us, it's not about complimenting anything um, sort of shallow or exterior about appearances, which it's fine. It's nice to give those kinds of compliments to people too. But to be able to receive a compliment in how you've changed someone's life or helped them through a tough time it's just bloody so rewarding so thank you to everyone who came up to us and then I did receive a couple of messages after people too shy to say hi but I promise we don't buy someone's like I walked past you like five times and I just couldn't say hi I'm like oh no next time say hi we love it please do please do (laughs) love getting photos love connecting love saying hi and really good point as well Danny like I don't think anyone it's not like anyone come up with like Kasha I love your ass like they're like hi Sherelle <laughs> love the podcast usually the first thing that comes out of people's mouth love the podcast insert the rest of stuff um oh I love it it just makes me so excited talking about it so I yes know. if if you run into us at any other show or any other event in the future please come say hi we absolutely love listening um or hearing sorry from our listeners yeah, and we always try and get back to messages and reply back because we've been in the other shoes. Like I remember, you know, hoping someone would see my message or waiting like in line at fitness expos to get a photo of someone and being so nervous. Like I yeah. know the feelings, you know, yeah. and it still blows my mind that people yeah. now have those feelings about us because I just see me as me and yeah. you see yeah. you as you, but it's like... Oh. <laughs> And you know something that eats me up and it makes me feel so guilty sometimes what? is like if I meet someone, they're like, oh, hi, Sharon, my name's such and such. I'm like, oh, nice to meet you. And then you get a photo with them and then they tag you and you're like, oh, I've been talking to you so much. Mm. And like I don't put two and two together because, you know, how many Hannahs do you know? How many Stacey? Oh, like you you see the photo and then you see all the conversation. Oh, yes. Oh, okay, yeah. And I'm like, you've been here for a while. <laughs> but that's just that's just me. That's just parts of me being like, like, oh, I wish I could put, um, you know, the conversations to people's faces straight up. It's hard. I mean, well, Luke being a teacher, he knows all the skills about learning people's names and faces. Yep. Like you can't do it straight away. I'm, I'm making oh. a good excuse for us, but you know yep. what I mean? So we're slowly learning, but you, you learn your familiar faces when you, you start do. to see people over and over again. So. Absolutely. That was actually one of my worst fears getting into the coaching space. Um, full transparency is trying to remember people's names because it's mm. not a strength of mine. And whenever I was nursing, literally, we would remember patients by their room number because you have oh, wow. patients every day. You'd be like patient one five six. Like if I said mm. Mrs Smith, like it doesn't resonate. But when you remember the room number and you type with that person, that's how you can remember everything else. Um, yeah. and it was actually Luke that really helped me with like remembering faces and like how to remember names and people and conversations. And I mm. used to say to myself. I'm not good at remembering people's names. Like it used to be a dialogue that I used to have to be like, I'm just not good at remembering people's names. 
Now I am fantastic. It's like one of my strengths. Like okay. a client could tell me something about a holiday that they went on and I would remember it like mm. two months later because I feel like I've had so much practice. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I just wanted to share that. It's like straight up when I meet people, I'm useless. But second time around, third time around, like I feel like I've been able to develop skills to be able to remember people a lot more easily. Yeah, and they love it. It's very important. We all know you get the warm and fuzzies when someone uses your name or yep. asks how was that holiday or how's the kids, how's the dog. Mm. Um, what I do to remember someone's name, because normally when you meet someone, there's a lot of adrenaline, particularly yep. at these shows, and you're not going to remember things because you just left, right, ev- attention's everywhere. But um, I write it in notes on my phone. So, mm. for example, to, to bring it away from the show, since we're on this topic, we have a neighbour with a dog um, and I knew I'd forget her name. So I just typed, as soon as she introduced herself, I wrote neighbour with dog is X, that's her yep. name. Or so-and-so that works at the cafe has two kids. I just make notes in my phone. Yeah, yep. you try and remember like a weird fact about them, like something yeah, okay. that's interesting and then you can type. As a foot like- fetish. No, I don't know. <laughs> That's the client with the full finish. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, oh, shit. But what I wanted to have a chat about today as well is I guess we wanted to do a little bit of a reflection about the show itself. Um, mm. Obviously, we went down for the purpose of the WBFF and we wanted to talk about, you know, some of the quality and the, I guess, the physiques that um, are on stage at the moment and, like, our interpretation of um, how the whole event ran, really. Mm. Um it was a it was a fantastic show, and I think there was you know just under two hundred uh, competitors in the mm-hmm. show, which went up yeah, which is when um, I guess I was chatting with Ari on Rego Night, and he was saying obviously there's still restrictions, so you obviously have to be double vaxxed, and you know there's restrictions of getting into the venue, so still a great turnout mm. because our October show had just over three hundred, right? That was yeah, massive. okay, mm-hmm. um, so still pretty good uh, this time around, but my goodness, the the quality on stage. I was sitting there reminiscing on like when I first got into competing and like the quality difference, like obviously training, education, coaching, a lot of things, special supplementation from some people, a lot of things have been been improved along the way. Um, But it was just one like the conditioning for fitness, the first one of the first categories that come out. I was like, everyone's in conditioning condition. And now the judges can literally just look for all the other things like stage presence, muscle development, aura, like posing, um, everything else, bikini. Mm. Like usually conditioning is the hardest variable for people to nail for Mm. so many reasons. Um, But that was my first thing was when fitness come out, I was like, is this figure? That was Yeah, you couldn't tell. No, conditioning was just nailed. Yeah, yeah. It was, um, you could really tell that we'd kind of been through a pandemic because a lot of people had dropped off. You know, oh. I dropped off. I didn't prep. Um, but then the ones that stuck through it, yeah. you knew it meant a lot to them because if they can prep through the pandemic, they were going to bring their A game to the stage and they certainly did. Like they were, it was a big wow moment when, you know, they first started coming out. It's like, holy shit, this is going to be a long amazing day because, you know, it took time to to spin them around and find the differences because every competitor was competitive yeah. sometimes it's kind of like oh yeah that's top five in the blink of an eye you can sort of filter them out and know but you yeah know, you really have to have a good look at everyone so kudos to everyone who competed you all look bloody amazing yeah absolutely and something as well that I think like even looking at the bikini divisions like obviously fitness is going to have the muscle development there there's no surprise they have to be the same with figure like it's a non-negotiable for figure to be conditioned as well mm. but when you look at bikini 
right? Like it's a whole nother level. It's a whole nother level. Um, but the biggest standout that I was looking at with top 10, um, even top five, is just uh, muscle development and maturity. Mm. You know, there was a lot of first-time competitors there. Like on the Friday night, Ari said, everyone who's first-time competitor, put your hand up. There was a significant amount of first-time competitors, which is awesome. Mm. Uh, Obviously, a lot of people that have wanted to compete over the last couple of years as well that haven't been able to. So now it's obviously just coming through. Uh, So I think a message I want to say to anyone that it was their first time and they didn't get the placing that they want, like don't be disheartened in yourself because those who place in top five they've come back again and again and again and they've been training for years and years and years and they've got the dense muscle tissue that Mm. you can't fake so it looks a bit harder on stage they might have more definition more cuts um and they might look fuller in certain places but then obviously like still very lean uh Mm. and that that takes a lot of time guys like that takes years and years and years and it was actually i'm gonna name drop but letitia in the bikini Mm. Short or I think it was bikini short. Yeah, yeah. One of the categories. One awesome. pro card. I think it was like a fourth or fifth show. The yeah, same. I've been with- on stage with her in all three. Yeah, yeah so she would have done heaps. The same with Caitlin in the short category. Mm. As soon as she come out, I was like pro worthy because they've got that full, um, their glutes are full, right? Their quads yeah. are full, their shoulders are full, shoulders. Their, their waist is lean. Like they, they've just got the proportions of bikini um, mm. that take time, right? Like it's bikini. You don't just have to look good in a bikini. You've got to look full in the right places and small in the others. And this is why I just, I think we need to reframe like competing from just being something you do to a sport because the people in the top five, like they're competitors, they're athletes. They show Mm. up time and time again. And I know there's people that compete for, um, you know, like just ticking it off, bucket list thing, like getting on stage. And that's so fine. Mm. But I think like when we're looking at federations like the WBFF now with the standard, expectations have got to be in check you know what I mean it's like if you want one of those placings like anyone can work towards it but it's going to take time to be able to really develop that muscle tissue density and then nail conditioning oh yeah really well said um and I think the people who do compete to tick it off the bucket list they know that they're doing it for that reason They're they're not really upset if they don't place um but you know that's still a win in itself but I feel like normally in the past you'd be able to tell who those people are you know no disrespect and that's fine but it was harder to tell everyone was looking amazing um and the the muscle density not only comes with years of experience and nutrition and and training but age as well the older you are your muscle starts to look different you know yep so it will take time. You and I look much different to five, six years ago, you know. Sure. It's it's just all part of it. Um, and we always love to talk about how it's not about winning straight off the bat. And we mention it in many, many episodes and only because I've been in the mindset where I wanted to come first straight away. But then I kind of had to have a good chat to myself and say, who do you think you are, man? Like everyone's here to compete. It's not about getting a trophy and a title. It's about who mm. you become in the journey and along the way. And that's the real win because you don't want to be given something and then all of a sudden, you know, you have to then compete with pros and you're not really up to scratch. Yeah, you want to fit in with the group of people. You want to embody everything that it takes to be a pro athlete, you know, when you're not in the gym, when you're not on the stage. It's a whole lifestyle transformation, but it's the best. Yeah. Can I ask you a question? Yeah, of course. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) 
Do you think you would have continued with competing um, and pursued it and really pushed for that pro card if you weren't competitive from the start? Oh, um, no. If if I, you mean if I didn't place at the start or have a chance? Yeah, if you weren't competitive. No, I wouldn't. No, I would have just, you know, still, I love training, nutrition and all that, but I wouldn't have push, pushed that extra gear if I knew it wasn't for me. It's like with tennis. I wanted to be a pro tennis player as all you do when you're a kid. But then I'm like, hmm, okay, I love it, but not enough to live and breathe it because I'm not yep. actually that amazing. Like I'm good, but I'm yep. not incredible. I'm going to find something that I'm good at. Yeah. That's me. What about yourself? Same. I said yeah. the same thing it's the other day. a lot of effort, man. Yeah. I said I, I'm the same, like running, right? Like I was good mm. at it, but for I'm like, I just don't have the structure for it and yep. I'm not willing to turn my life upside down, upside down to have that. Yeah. Um, the same way, like I'll never be an elite basketballer because exactly. I'm four. Yeah. So I wouldn't try to, right? And yeah. this is what I mean by it's still a sport and people are good at what they're good at at the end of the day. So there's a reason why people, and I'm not taking any credit away from anyone because everyone works incredibly hard. But mm. this is what I mean is like, if I wasn't competitive in my first few seasons, like if I didn't look at myself and go, you've got potential physically and then mentally, genetic wise, structurally, like a lot of different components there too. And this isn't something I really wanted. I would consider um, the extremes and the extents that I, I take things, right? And this yeah. goes both ways as well, because I think I've done 10 shows right yeah, and wow. it's a it's a lot like I've chosen mm. this um because you know I'm willing to put in the work because I sort of believe that I am competitive at the end of the day yeah so I think that's just something that I I asked myself that question the other day because I sort of thought you see some people come back for like eight nine ten more shows um and they're they may not be competitive but they're having the best time i love it and they love it they yeah love it. and they're yeah. there for the process the training they're getting yeah. everything that they wanted and i was like good for them yeah i don't think i could do that mm. <laughs> i don't know mm. if that sounds vain or not but i was like not at all we only have a certain amount of time in our life right a certain amount of opportunities to be able to make an impact or or feel like we're making progress in the right direction and thriving at the things that we're good at. And yeah, that was just something that I sort of reflected on myself the other day. Yeah, it's an interesting reflection. And I definitely agree. Um, there are people who just love it so much, and they get everything that they want out of it, which is brilliant. Um, for you and I, obviously, if we weren't competitive, what from what we've just said, it wouldn't give us that, um, the feelings, yeah. you know, like, I wouldn't need to chase that feeling over and over and over and over again. If I yeah. did it, yep, cool, ticked it off a bucket list, awesome. I need to get my feelings of whatever um, from somewhere else. Yeah. But and and that's why I'm not, you know, I I don't have any plans to step on stage because I I enjoy the connection, the community, having fun, dressing up, you know, putting yourself out there. But I I get all that without getting on the stage now. At the start, I had to get on the stage to get those feelings. Yeah. Of self, you know, the growth, the validation, of course, mm -hmm. we all love a little bit of validation. Um, but now I don't, I don't chase that to that extreme because I get it from work. I get it from doing this podcast. I get it from having a relationship. So yeah. you just have to work out why do I love it? Mm -hmm. Is it worth all of this time and effort and money and sacrifice and compromise? If it is great, if not, okay, what other areas of life do I get these feelings from? 
Yeah, for sure. Because, yeah, it's something I've been reflecting on as as competing becomes more popular and more common, mm. but the quality gets better and the competition gets harder and the extent to place um, can become more distant, right? Like if you're not in those positions, right? I think it's just something important to consider because you can have a lot of the same processes, a lot of the same things by doing a photo shoot. Yeah. You know, you don't necessarily have to go to the extent um, to get on stage, you know, unless it's something that you want to be competitive at. And this yep. is just coming from my lens too, because it's just the yeah. way that I think. I know like there's people that just want to tick it off and do that. And that's awesome. Uh, but they're usually not the ones that are dedicating like 10 years of their life exactly to being able to, I guess, make a dent. Like I said, there's so many other ways to celebrate yourself and to work towards uh, the process as well. And that was as well for me. Like when I was watching it, the girls that went pro, like they were emotional because yeah. they had put like five plus years into working towards this for their own reasons and their own mm. benefits. And it's mm. something that like blood, sweat and tears, and you could almost feel it. I'm getting goosebumps. Um, <laughs> you could almost feel it. Cause I think, you know, how freaking hard it is right Danny like yeah. you know how hard they make you work for it yes and yeah when you when you get rewarded for that with that mindset as well and you know the physical and mental they are not separate right mm. like you have mm. to put in the mental reps as much as you do the physical ones yeah it mm. really does show yeah yeah and I think that um it's not really spoken about you know the mindset that it takes to get on stage as well you know so many people pull the pin or have the intention to prep and then don't but you know you need to train your mind to get onto that stage to show up in the gym to say no to going out you know be on point that's what I think the most value where the most value is in the mental training to be yep. present when you're on the stage to not let your nerves take over you yep. um that's you know not many people speak about that enough, no. but that's really what sort of gets you there in the end. Yeah. Not just nutrition and training. It's like, where is your mind at? Are you, you know, coming from a place of self-love rather than self-hate? Like yep. what is driving you to that moment there? And then when all eyes are on you, how do you calm yourself? How do you be present? It, it takes work, but that's where the rewards are. Yeah. I absolutely love sports psychology. Um yeah. A lot. I love watching like there's this series on Netflix. Can't remember what it's called, but it's basically all the different. Um, like it's got LeBron James and like NBA. Oh, the Last Dance. Oh, so good, right? Yeah, really cool. A lot of the different mindset stuff. You because you you don't see that from the top Mm. level people until like now. A lot more people are starting to really talk about building like confidence and self efficacy and how that actually correlates with performance. Yep. Right. It's not always just practice as well. Like this perfect practice mentality. Like of course practice comes in but mindset right it's so big on and off stage like I am not a sassy sexy person by nature I'm very much a bubbly person but men I have to tap into a different Mm. personality when I compete because Mm. you've just got to generate something that's like well above yourself and it's like when I was sitting in the crowd watching the show I felt like excited for October but I felt like a little bit anxious and intimidated Mm. I was like remember I said to you Danny I was like Oh, there's a lot of work to do. Like the yep. quality up here is insane from amateurs. Insane. Yeah. So well yeah. done, guys. But you just have to ride those feelings. You know, the yep. fact that you're feeling a bit anxious means that it's very much happening to you and you're getting yourself ready to prepare. Mm. Um, and, and I loved um, using meditation what during my prep because I remember for my first four shows I didn't use it and then I was a bit of not a mess on stage but I wasn't really clear like I didn't I felt like my nerves were sort of getting the better of me but then 
um, using meditation as a tool, kind of going mm-hmm. down that sports psychology discussion, um, that really helped. Yeah. Um, and I'm pretty sure I've shared before that, but I remember when I would arrive at the gym in my car, I would just sit in the car for five minutes, breathe, you know, focus. Um, what What is the barbell going to feel like? What are the weights going to feel like? Just try and be fully there yeah. because I started getting nervous about the show. It was coming mm. up, you know, but to have little tools like that to bring you back down to earth um, really helps. So I wouldn't put it past meditation, not just with an app, but just throw your distractions away um, and then be really present there on the day. I think it's important. And that now has, I use those tools in public speaking. You know, when when I do events, it reminds me of being up on stage in front of so many different people, but I thank competing for that ability. I still get nervous. And I spoke about that in the last episode. You still get nervous for things, but competing is a pathway to learn how to harness everything that will carry over into every element of life. Mm, yeah. And that that's what really makes someone successful is being able to do that. Because look, let's be honest, we're all going to get old and wrinkly and competing in a pro sash and a crown's going to mean absolutely nothing. <laughs> Zero. We'll be so, showing photos to the grandkids that were like, shut up, that was a hundred years ago. <laughs> <laughs> I know we'll be genetically modified by then to yeah, just true. take a pill and look a certain <laughs> way. But that's what I mean is like we need to be able to take other things yeah. um, from experiences, not even just competing. I don't care if it's a photo shoot. I don't care if it's you just building up confidence to work through gym anxiety, like all these sorts of things that are directly relatable and transferable into other areas of your life. And that's my mm. favorite part about like any time that I'm really focused on a specific goal, like it doesn't have to be prep, but it's just the mental clarity, um, the yeah. discipline uh that that comes with like the mental side of it like making yourself do uncomfortable shit like making yourself stretch a little bit like feel a little bit of discomfort because at the end of the day like that's that's actually how we grow and that's how we develop um Mm. it's not by just staying in our comfort zone and doing certain things it's by just stretching a little bit like just slowly stretching you just you're constantly a little bit anxious and constantly like a little bit nervous um and then all of a sudden you desensitize and that becomes your new normal right like public speaking it just becomes ingrained to people Mm. um podcasting in when we started yeah you know a little bit awkward um but but as I say like fake it till you make it and a lot of the times if you can learn to sit in it and just learn to tolerate and stay with uh you'll eventually just like desensitize and customize and be able to have like a new threshold of comfort yeah and that's what I think people when they come up to us they relate to the most because we've shared our journey it's not like we appeared um, in front of people's eyes as we are now pretending that we don't get nervous pretending that you know you're not anxious for October or I don't get anxious before things mm-hmm. like we're very much real humans um, and that's what we enjoy being able to be vulnerable to you guys and share how we've worked through things but I love that it's relatable to everyone as well because we're all humans we all feel things um, but you know we're learning along the way um, if something works for us we're going to share it with you here um, mm. but I also loved seeing the mums competing, mums and dads, you know, and they had their kids there and getting photos with them and setting that example for their kids. Like that's really cool as well. It's a whole nother world having kids. So from what I've heard, um, I couldn't imagine doing a comp while having kids, but good on everyone who did it. It's a really cool example for your children and your family. 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it was a great show. Um, it was a great first show to the season as well. And it was so good to see so many people, um, I guess, like like what we mentioned at the start, you know, just be able to connect with everyone that's mm. listened to the podcast in the last couple of years. It's wild. Um, but in saying that, Danny, you also had your workshop. So you I mentioned did. you mentioned last week that you're a little bit um, I guess, anxious about doing some in-person stuff again. Like, how did you go? How did you manage it? Thank you. Um, yeah, so uh, two weeks ago, I'm pretty sure, based on when this episode's out, um, had the Melbourne workshop. It was a bigger one and the first one I'd done in so long. So I was naturally a bit nervous. Got that one out of the way, had the best time ever and like a duck to water. When you've done something so many times, it's just normal. Um, but then I was on such a high from going to the WBFF. I actually ran into some people that were at the work going to be at the workshop as well so we were all just on cloud nine I was so relaxed being in Queensland like and then the following day was just amazing like there's nothing better than connecting with like-minded people and that goes for both days the Saturday at the show and then Sunday at the workshop it's just about being in rooms of people who love the same things as you and who you all have like you give space to hear people's stories. You get to explain your story. I think it's just a beautiful thing. Um, As humans, we just need that connection. And then, you know, when you step out into the quote unquote real world, it's hard for me to find connections because, you know, you and I, we're different, man. Well, I feel different, you know, (laughs) we're unique in a, in a cool way. Um, But then to have so many similar people in a room, it just, it makes me so energized and excited. I mean, although I didn't sleep that much on the weekend, like, cause I was just so excited. I had the most energy that I've had in like two years. Yep. Yep. Well said. I resonate with a lot, a lot with that. Right. Because it's almost like you feel like you're at home. Um, like you don't have to, you don't have to like put anything on and, you know, something that sort of come to mind for me was the first time that I reached out to you and Elise and like a few of the other girls and we went away for the weekend, just (laughs) randomly, um, slid into the DMs. Um, and it's so important to find pockets like that. Right, because mm. you never know what opportunities are going to arise uh, mm. to begin with. But even on the weekend, like we had a catch up with all of our women's health movement community or a selection. Oh, amazing. Um, and that was one of the main things that sort of come out from some of the other girls was like, oh, I didn't know there was like other people like this. And so there's good. part of me that's like, of course there is. But then I, I think about it and I'm like, I used to think that. Yeah, like I used to think, oh, there wouldn't be like you know, uh, like a big group of other women that would just randomly do this thing together that you know mm. would 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 have the same problems as me or the same things that excite them or the same hobbies and interests. Like, there's no yep. way. I just thought I, there was no way, right? Yep. And this is obviously pre the explosion of social media mm. in a lot of aspects, um, where you couldn't just you know hashtag gym rat and find all yeah. the rats in your area. <laughs> yeah, um, very different, and. I just think Mm. as humans and as people with different interests, it is our responsibility to put ourselves out there and connect and network and find pockets of people that make us feel at home too. Because when we've got these, I guess, passions, even though they might be the majority or the minority, sorry, of the population, there's still thousands and thousands of people out there, probably in your local city and towns um, that would love to connect too. And I just think like, Facebook groups, communities, coaching spaces, workshops, like mm-hmm. all of these sorts of things. They're opportunities to network and mingle. And if you can do something in person, 
like even better. But I, I just, I don't ever want anyone to feel like they have to be isolated in their own interests and hobbies. Yeah, that's so beautifully said. And and you mentioned, you know, you feel like you're at home and that's exactly what it is. Like I always feel super emotional on those weekends. Not only it's a sense of obviously being proud of the journey because you reflect on, I always reflect on the time that you and I sat right up at the back and yes. the, our first WBFF, we were literally at the back row. We had the wall behind us and wondering, wow, will I ever be able to do that? Like, you know what I mean? And, and now to come and have you know, people looking at us and and saying, oh my God, I've followed you. It's just like the circle of life, you know, and it's beautiful. And our communities are awesome. I mean, I met all your girls indirectly because I didn't, I didn't really know their faces. You see someone on social media, but then I walked into the casino and a whole massive group of girls just started waving. I'm like, turning around I'm like, is that at me? They're like, we're Sherelle's girls. And, And the vibe that you guys created was just amazing so shout out to all your crew as well they're bloody awesome people um and what i love about the sort of communities that we've been able to create you with women's health movement me with the seminars and things you know everyone has a growth mindset and you know everyone's there to learn and mingle and and Mm. and meet people like and i learn from them and you learn from them and vice versa it's just very cool there's no ego in it at all it's just about the connection the hugs helping people through hard times helping people be better you know and that's why we do what we do it's just the best feeling in the whole wide world yeah when you're when you have a growth mindset or when you're in a i guess a group of people and you're all with that same uh, mentality you just know that you can put this person, this person, there'll be no issues because they think the same. And a Mm. lot of people, for example, when they talk about niching, they talk about demographics, like age, sex, location. And whilst those things sort of matter, I I disagree. Like I think more psychographic, like I think you can have someone that's 45 and 25. And if they both have a growth mindset and they're open-minded and, you know, respectful and whatever, why can't they be their own niche? You're like, why does it need to be demographic? And I think that is so true because like age is just a number. Um, The same thing with like competing. Like I said, Mm. it's, it's, it's a certain type of persona. Sure. There's people there for the wrong reasons, but let's focus on the positive ones. Um, (laughs) It's a psychographic, right? Like everyone at your workshop, it's not like you'd ever have bitches. Do you know what I mean? Like it just does not correlate Mm. because no one would put themselves out there Mm. um, and be vulnerable. And that's the big thing. Like no one puts on like a, it takes courage right to meet people that you've never met or to go away and do things takes a hell of a lot of vulnerability and courage Mm. and people that are fixed um or are there for the wrong reasons they won't do that you know they won't mingle they won't put themselves out there so i think it's really important to try and find those pockets um and try and network with those um, specific types of personalities yeah and then you never know when people are watching either like it was interesting you know getting the messages sort of when i came back home like oh yeah i saw you oh yeah i saw you but you don't I, i you know you and i always make sure to 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 look around, to smile at people, even if you don't know. Like you could pick who were from the shows, even at the airport, you know, you could see who the fitness crew were and all of that. But, you know, any every scenario where I was sort of someone was looking or I was smiling at them, even, you know, when I went to buy a book at the airport to go home, you know, people, oh, hey, I ran into you at Woolworths last time. I listened to the podcast all the way in Melbourne. And it's just funny. So what I really enjoyed was just, 
being so connected, not anticipating people to come up, but sort of being mindful that there were a lot of people there for the show yeah. um, and just to to be open to smile at people and and connect if the opportunity was there and just be super friendly like I love that it feels so good yeah for sure I still reflect on when I was probably like I don't know I want to say like 18 or 19 I went to like the Arnold Classic by myself um by yourself? the first ever time yeah I went by myself true like who that. would you have gone with from no, this one here I, you know? I literally just like took my backpack um <sighs> and went by myself and was just walking around and I saw one of my fitspos I won't drop names um, oh, at, at, I didn't know um, you had any fitspos that's why uh, I'm keen I'm ta- I don't anymore <laughs> <laughs> okay well, we experiences won't like this um oh but, okay I saw it at a like one of the booths, like whatever it was, probably yeah. protein company or something like that. Again, probably why I have so much spite for these sorts of Sorry, you've been burnt, man. <laughs> Anyways, I went up and asked for a photo and she just sort of like looked me up and down and was just <gasps> like, oh, can't be bothered. Like didn't say that, but that was the the mentality that I got. And mm. I, I just didn't. And I was like, I have no respect. What a bitch. Like That's this not person. Good. Anyways, and I, I I, I, still remember that. And I feel like it's no matter how freaking tired I am, like I don't care what day I've had, like I would never want to undermine someone and make them ever feel mm. like what that person made me feel like. Because um, now, look, now I bet they want a photo with you. <laughs> she stuck I would get the photo. <laughs> I would get the photo. Uh, oh. But I just think like it doesn't matter. Like it doesn't matter who you are, what you do. You never yeah. know what someone else is experiencing or what they're going through. You yeah. Know? And I think as well, like a lot of I was actually talking to someone else about this earlier, like another nurse, and I was saying, like, we've had the privilege of a lot of perspective of like you never know what someone's going through when you read through their history. And mm. I'm like, wow, like this woman's been through a lot. And it just gives yeah. you a lot of perspective because it, when you have that, when you have that understanding, you change the way that you approach people. Mm. And that's unconscious, but it shouldn't be that way because you just never know. Like mm. you never actually know what someone else is being through. I know that's a bit mm. of a, a deep win hole there, but I just no, I love that. It's important. I mean, <laughs> Yes, we're all about protecting our energy. And there's only so much energy you can give to people and that's fine. But if you're a public figure and you're putting yourself out in the public at an event, be a nice person, Yeah, you know? Like you're there for a reason. People are there to see you. Like, And even if you're not a public figure and you're not at an event, walking past someone in the street, you know, it's smile. just nice to give a smile. Or, you know, not many people, like, oh, no, nah, a lot of people don't smile. Like it's... I don't know. I don't know what it is. It might be a thing in a different state because I noticed a big difference between Melbourne and Sydney, like less yeah. people smile in Sydney. Oh, well, do they? Less. Yeah, they're all probably so busy and Stressed. worried about shit. Yeah. Um, yeah but I it- actually noticed that more people smile in Geelong than Melbourne. Yeah, see? It's a city thing. It's, I think it is a city. Thing. I go back to Swan Hill and everyone waves at you when you drive past. It's a normal <laughs> thing. You just keep your arms in the air. because Two fingers up. Oh, true, but facing the peace way, just for those listening, not the other way. <laughs> oh, no, yeah. It's a common thing, right? And, like, I remember Luke coming home being like, why does everyone wave? And I'm like, it's just a country thing. I don't know. Two Whereas fingers it, up. I love it. It's casual. It's not all five. It's two. Just quickly flick of the wrist. Now, that's White Toyota. Yes. Fingers up. That's the way it is. <laughs> that's nice, though. It's connection. But, you know, sometimes you, you don't want to smile at everyone and, and all that. But, um. And that's fine, but you can really change someone's day and energy about smiling. Yeah, or absolutely. With smiling, sorry, yeah, yeah. Just making someone feel welcomed, you know, so important. And 
even over the weekend, like even for Rego night, for example, because um, you weren't there, I literally went on my own. I had no qualms because I knew that I would be in a room of like-minded people. I would have gone if I knew you're on your own. <laughs> I didn't care. Yeah, no, Do you good. know what I mean? I was like, yeah. oh, I, these are my people. Like I just yep. felt like I was like, it doesn't matter mm. um, because like I ended up catching up with some of the girls I hadn't seen in years. And yeah, like, it's good. Because you indirectly stay connected with people anyways through social media. But I think that was just part of me that was like, I have no issues with going to an event on my own because yeah. I'll just network and, and connect with people that I just haven't spoken to um, in person for a long time. And that's no issues. Whereas mm. if I didn't feel welcomed or at home um, or have that same energy or, you know, mentality uh, with other people at a specific event, like I wouldn't go on my own. Mm. I need someone to come with me. So yeah, yeah, just sort of highlighted that I was like, it's been a lot of growth. Yeah, no, that's amazing. I kind of admit I did use you as a bit of a blanket in terms of you kind of were out there doing all the things first and then I arrived and I was asking you questions. Oh, how's this? How's that? What's it like backstage? Should I come back? Like even yeah. all that because I just was so not used to being around so many people and I, yeah. it made me come out, not come out of my shell, but I suppose I did have a little shell going on just mm. from not seeing anyone in so long. And I feel like a lot of people um, that I spoke to were saying they felt a lot more introverted. Um, So I think that's where the reward came from as well, just having to put myself out there. Like I was walking around backstage on my own. I did get lost. (laughs) So I pretended that I was just looking for people and mingling, um, but I was really just trying to get out, get bloody out of there. Um, But then people do come up to you and you are forced to go up to people and say, hi, how are you? When you're on Mm. your own, um, it's nice to, to acknowledge those vulnerable feelings, but then, you know, have that connection with people as well. Like what you just said, it, it yeah. felt really good to be able to do all that again. Yeah. And also just wanted to give that, I guess, reassurance that is so normal at the mm. moment. If we've spent years in lockdown, of course, we're going to have some residue of feeling a little bit like awkward or anxious. Like I know when I first come out of lockdown, I felt awkward. Mm. Like to, I was like, do I hug people? Like, <laughs> I don't know. Like what's the social distance at the moment? Like, <laughs> So I think it's so normal to still be going through some of that sort of stuff. I know I definitely felt it going back to a big gym, for example, because I uh, just, yeah with Eugene for like years and Mm. I hadn't had to be around other people and it was not like it wasn't anything it was subconscious I just felt Mm. a little bit awkward and of course I don't feel like that now but it just takes a little bit of time and more exposure um, to I guess break through that and I think it's it's important as well that if you identify that you're someone like introverted firstly I don't know if I really agree with introverted extroverted Um, Mm. but secondly I feel like you will feel more introverted if you avoid those situations too. Yes. Same with that, you know, stretching a little bit to make things feel more comfortable. Yeah. Yeah. So there's lots of opportunities for growth, whether it was, you know, people I heard hadn't gone on an airplane in a long time. Yeah. You you get over that feeling as well. And, you know, or staying in a, a hotel, doing all these things that you probably have done before, but not for a while. Mm -hmm. Um, by making a week out of the whole competing um, um, event, it's just you get to put yourself out there again in so many ways that you just have to feel proud of yourself for doing the things again. Like I felt a lot of that and I felt kind of, I won't say back to normal because I never really go backwards, but I feel more at peace with myself. Like I just felt like a missing puzzle piece had been returned, you know, mm. the connection, me having independence, um, you know, being able to just do anything. And then yep. it was just, I, that's the most thing that I took out of it. Just 
feeling whole from within without sounding a bit corny, but these events just light us up and it's just the best and connecting and having that community. It's very big value. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think that's a a really nice way to sort of wrap this one up and leave it. So again, we just just really want to thank everyone for coming up and, you know, sending their love and Mm -hmm. saying hi and telling us their own little reflection and story of like when they started listening to the podcast or what they've taken away or what they've been able to do. Uh, It's really cool to be able to hear that, you know, from you guys and girls as well. So hope you did enjoy this episode. And as always, if you did, please do take a screenshot um, and tag us on Instagram. Thanks, everyone.